Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. On today's episode of Perpetual Traffic. So we come into an agency and of course there's some agencies that don't have anything set up. So we're going to bring in our best practices, but sometimes agencies already have really amazing systems and processes in place and we jump in, we learn it, um, and then we can help optimize it from there. So we wear this hat of how can I make this experience better? So of course, we're always going to be making suggestions and saying, hey, someone else from the dot team suggested we try this. Like, do you want to give this a go? Um, And we can kind of play around and optimize things from there. But every agency is so unique, right? Of their clientele, their their scope, their where they live, what systems they use. So it's it's kind of that balance of coming in and and being able to learn what they already use, but then helping them optimize it to to allow for scale within the agency. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprig. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Hello, and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies and acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic, but we also talk about conversion as well. You can't have the traffic without the conversion. You can't have the conversion without the traffic, as they say. You can, but it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. If you want to run and acquire leads and actually grow your business, you can't. Right. So technically, well, you anyway, can't. you, you uh, can't. Technically, I, I you can't. Can see that <laughs> <laughs> As you can see, we're working on a new intro here for perpetual traffic, <laughs> and uh, one of the things that we have been doing the last um, couple of months uh, through my uh, awesome co-host here, Kasim Aslam. By the way, uh, welcome and welcome back, and <laughs> good to have you back from Thanksgiving break. Yeah, pleasure to be back. I'm still in my pseudo food coma. Like yep. sweating turkey. Yeah, yeah, me too. It was uh, it was a good break. 
uh, and uh, just rolled right into Hanukkah. My wife's Jewish, so it was like ho- holiday oh, after holiday. So yeah, it's back to back yep. to back. So it's been pretty good here. Um, but yeah, one of the things that we love to do is we love to read off the positive reviews that you, the Perpetual Traffic listener, left for us on your podcast of choice, be that iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And uh, Kasim, you got any good ones for this week and uh, good listeners who have said some nice things about the show? We have what I think is probably the most honest review we've ever had. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm really just, you know, impressed by the, the depth of this person's insight. Can I read uh-huh. this one, Ralph? Oh, yeah. I, I, I think I feel a setup coming, but yeah, go ahead. Kasim is a genius. Uh-huh. <laughs> This show is the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's the epitome of awesome. Adding Cossum to this already impactful gem was the greatest decision digital marketer ever made. This dynamic duo is not only some of the smartest dudes on the planet. Their quirkiness and insights hit home and keep you wanting to come back and listen each week. Uh, Full disclosure, this is from a friend of mine, Militia. uh, (laughs) Like, what was the payment methodology? Yeah. And Uh, how much? Yeah, uh, there was no payment made yet, but I will say right. that uh, her birthday is coming up here pretty soon. So happy uh-huh. birthday, Militia, and thank you very much for seeding our podcast with uh, a very kind review. That was uh, awesome. And I mm-hmm. promise not to – that was unsolicited, however, so I, I choose to believe that what she says is both true and, and – So I can see uh, Kasim's head just expanding. We do these like little bubbles like when we actually do this in a video format with our uh with the guest that we have here sitting in the virtual green room but i can just see like actually when he was saying that i saw his head physically expand so i'm just saying Nar- even narcissism yeah. is real i mean it's why we do the show it's a real deal we're, yeah we're not paid to be here we like the sounds of our voices <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and clearly our guest today is going to be very self-serving for both of us but anyway do you have another one there that you might want to Roll out to the listeners and give credit to a positive review person that uh, was kind enough to leave us a review here. We really this one, this one is 100% legit. Not to say the malicious wasn't, um, but this isn't somebody that knows us. This is a must-listen podcast for all advertisers. I've uh, been listening for two and a half or two plus years, and these guys have the best tactical and strategic marketing ideas. They really make what they say easy to implement. It's It has given me so many ideas and campaigns that I've run that have brought in great results. Thank you, guys. That's from Jesse... And then a bunch of numbers. So, Jesse, thank you for listening, uh, especially for two plus years, um, wow. and, and appreciate the review. That's awesome. And, and y'all, th- these reviews, this is what juices the algorithm. We want to be the number one marketing podcast on the planet. And the only way to do that is if y'all share and then offer up reviews. And so if you think that we can be of benefit to other people, we're grateful to you in helping us further that mission. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a two-way street here. I mean, obviously, the, the this helps us. We have to pay the bills, as you guys have probably noticed. We have advertising and professional traffic now, uh, which is very helpful to defray the cost of Cossum's uh, million-dollar-a-year salary that we have to yep. pay him to be on the show because he is so awesome, apparently. Uh, but also, it, it allows us to reach a wider audience and, and help a lot of people, and that's the reason why we do it. And uh, it's attracted a lot of big companies that want to be on this show too one which begins with m i'm not going to name who it is you might think their real name it might begin with m if he can buy the name from the people that trademarked it (laughs) eight months before he made his announcement it used to begin with f but that's just a platform under the m so anyway that's soon to come but that is because of the popularity of the show and because of uh uh, obviously kasim's brilliance so speaking of brilliance, uh, really happy to have uh, an awesome guest here today, especially for all you agency people out there. Like this is the show that you're going to want to listen to over and over again and probably just call this woman right after you listen to the show and get in touch with her because what she does is pretty amazing. And we met through a common friend of ours, and I said, I absolutely have to get you on, on our show because about half of the listeners here are either consultants or they're agency owners who help people with their digital marketing, which is great. And uh, you know, if this show has helped people launch a business in that direction, it certainly seems like it has. It's been one of the uh, happy side benefits of just doing it for five or six years. So today's guest is Taylor McMaster. 
And uh, she does something that's really interesting, Kasim. She actually manages client relationships for digital marketing agencies and digital agencies. Worst She's job this... in the world. Oh, my right? gosh. I hope, I hope your customers are not listening to this show, yeah. Kasim. <laughs> She shows you right there. He's not actually a genius. But anyway, she is the CEO and founder of Dot and Company. Really excited to have her on the show. Welcome to Perpetual Traffic, Taylor. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah. So this is pretty cool because uh, we met, like I said, through a common friend. And I was like, is there anybody else in the world that has a business like this? And you said you're, you think you're the only one because it's such it's such the bane of the existence of especially new agency owners because it's so hard to manage at times customer relationships, especially when you're first starting out. I think when you're an agency owner and you're trying to get to that next level, it's the one thing you as the agency owner, speaking from personal experience, I'm like, I can't ever outsource this because I was you know, back when we were small and you know, five or six people or whatever it happens to be, I was like, I was doing everything. I was good at everything just about, I was never great at any one thing, but I was pretty good at like customer relations, but finding someone to actually do that. And what we now refer to as customer success was a real stumbling block. And it was something that I had to ultimately draw away from and hire people better than myself. And you've been able to systemize this and sort of codify it in a way that Kasim and I have already sort of uh, experienced, uh, you know, fresh baked goods, cookies we got in the mail, perpetual traffic cookies, which I had one of. Thanks, Alex and Eli. We ate them all at home. But uh, yeah, I mean, stuff like that, like all the little things that go into uh, a great customer experience for agencies. Uh, this is the stuff that you really specialize in. So tell us a little bit about it, maybe the evolution of how it all happened and, and what you're doing today. Yeah, for sure. So I uh, started my own marketing agency a number of years ago. And after kind of spinning my wheels for a while and trying to figure out where my zone of genius was, I realized that I actually just like talking to clients and project managing and systematizing things and being that super organized person in, in the business. And I didn't like running Facebook ads and building landing pages like a lot of people probably listening to this podcast. So after I was chatting with a number of agency owners and just kind of saying, look, I, this is really just what I want to do. Do you think I could work with you and, and be a contractor and do account management for your agency? Would that be helpful? And everyone was like, yes, like, I've been looking for an account manager. I don't know where to hire someone. I, if you want to do it, yes, I will hire you in a heartbeat. So I started to do some contract work with a number of agencies. This was years ago. And I said to myself, okay, if I can just figure this out, if I can help these agency owners to scale up their business because they don't have to do the day-to-day -day client management, if I could do that for them, wouldn't that be awesome? Like, couldn't I just build an agency of people just like me? And uh, after a few months, I had a lot of agency owners reaching out and people were starting to get wind that I would, you know, this, this is something that I did. Um, I just had to decide either it was just going to be me or I was going to grow this into a team of people. And I went with the growth phase. And so over the last few years, we've been growing a team, really systematizing our methods of proper client management and how we work inside of agencies to really make the biggest impact. So now, like you said, Ralph, that's exclusively what we do. We work one-on-one -on -one with digital marketing or marketing agencies to come in and act as their client account manager, managing clients, project management, really gluing the agency together to ensure that clients are happy, projects are running smooth, nothing's falling through the cracks, and the agency owner can get out of the day-to-day -day and grow and scale their agency. Sounds like Nirvana. To me, I mean that's <laughs> that's pretty good. So, with that, the type of agency that you work with, I mean, is it a small agency? Is it larger ones? Like, what's your typical sort of profile? And and maybe talk to us about what their their biggest challenges are and how you guys overcome that. Yeah. So most of the agencies we work with, we started with specifically digital advertising agencies because that was my specialty, but we've really grown into a vast majority of of agency types. So advertising, SEO, branding, copywriting, you name it. Really, our methods work inside of different agencies. Um, so most of the agencies we work with are on the smaller to medium size. 
They're usually one to 10 people, sometimes more. But really, the characteristics of the agency that works really well with us is an agency who's growing and the owner is really doing all of that account management. They're getting to the point in the agency where they simply can't scale because they don't have any more time to manage clients. And they have this gut feeling where they literally cannot bring on another client. They just don't feel comfortable with that. So once they're at this point, they generally are looking for somebody to, to take over for them in the client management seat. So they reach out and you know that's when generally they're looking for support. And we come in and really look to understand the systems and processes inside the agency and how we can obviously get the agency owner out of the day-to-day, but really just optimize that client experience so that the agency owner doesn't worry when they're bringing on new clients. They can just hand it over to their account manager. We take it from there and ensure that we're living and breathing the brand of the agency while ensuring clients are happy. I'm going to say something, Taylor, and I'd be curious, A, whether or not you agree or disagree, and then B, it sort of segues into a larger question, but I feel like client management gets easier with every subsequent day that a client is engaged. So the longer we go, the longer the life cycle of the client, the easier it is to manage that client, which means that front-loaded, you know, all the, all the problems, the issues, the errors happen in the first, I don't know what, 90 days. And then if I can get them past that 90-day hump, month over month, year over year, it just you know, turns into like, I guess, almost like any relationship. So the question then becomes, assuming you agree with that statement, that first 90 days, like how on earth do you do that? Because that feels so impossibly difficult to me to outsource specifically. Like what is it that you, you come into an agency or a business and, and, and like, how is it that you distill what they're doing and make sure the clients are happy and all that good. I know, I know that's a massive question. So feel free to break it down however you need to. Got it. Got it. So when we work inside of an agency, I have always wanted it to feel like I'm a full-time team member of your team, right? I want it to feel like I am just as much a team member as maybe your full-time staff or your COO or whatever. I want it to feel like I'm a part of the agency. And that's the only way that I felt I could do a good job is that if I'm a part of the culture, can I then relay that to the clients? So when it comes to the first 90 days, I always take it this way. When I'm working with a new company and I am like so excited after that sales call and they've painted the picture of this amazing results that I'm going to get, I'm so excited, right? So I'm coming into this as the client just I want to just be I want everything now. I want to get started. I want to just, you know, get my ads live. I want everything to just run as smoothly as I was promised on that sales call. So as the client account manager, my mission is always to give them that experience right from the get-go. So it's a quick email back from the sales team saying, I am so excited to be working with you. Here's the next steps. Um, I'm going to be the person who's going to be looking after you. Let me know if you ever want to jump on a call. Like I go and make sure that I'm giving them that feeling that I'm just as excited for them to be coming into the agency as they are. So I think the first 90 days, like you said, are the key piece of the relationship because quickly, you know, in an agency, if you're wearing the sales hat and the project management hat and the client facing hat, you're on one hand going and trying to get new clients all the time, and try and keep your current clients happy. They're two different mindsets. So when my main role is, I wanna keep these clients happy, I am just obsessed with everything, right? I wanna make sure that I am being proactive in my communication, that I am sending them their welcome gift, that I am sending them updates on where we're at every day, if not every second day, and giving them that experience that makes them feel really, really good. Because not only do I want them to have a good experience, I want our internal team to have a good experience. I want them to refer people to us. I want, you know, I want this relationship to go on forever. So whatever I can do, I think those first 90 days are so important to build trust and make sure that they understand that I'm their advocate in the agency and no one else, right? I have their back. So just going above and beyond, like you said, in that first three months is super key for that long longevity. Yeah, I like that you just said that I'm their advocate. We Internally, we don't say this to clients, but internally we, we refer to our client managers as client advocates. 
because that's how I want people to view that role too. It's you're actually not on my side. You're on the client's side and you're protecting the client uh, when you're speaking internally. And then when you're speaking to the client, now maybe you're managing expectations and doing those things. So it's something of a dual, you know, duality of, of role. But I I really like the way that you contextualize that. Yeah. And I, I say that to our team a lot is that you are the client's advocate and also the team's team's advocate. We all know that sometimes clients can get upset or, you know, things they might say to us and we as a client facing account manager also need to protect the team, right? So we need to take things and ensure that the team is is protected. They're understanding that they're still doing a good job, but I'm being that lens to make sure that both sides are, you know, being professional and keeping their their work at the high standard that it needs to be. And then the client is happy and they have me um, or the client account manager to just kind of come to if they have issues or they're happy about things. Um, I'm that, that person. So you talked about the, the first 90 days being critical. I a hundred percent agree. I mean, that is the time when you're really sort of figuring out the rhythms of the agency and the customer and what they are expecting and what their expectations have been. Are they being met communication, like how they like to be communicated with all this sort of stuff. So, but uh, what we found is doing this for, for quite some time is like that first step the first impression is the onboarding call. And it's like for us, it's like, it's the seminal event. And today we're actually having two of them <laughs> in one day, which we never do, but we didn't have one last week. But the point is, it's like, those are really, really important events. It's like, it's your first impression. Like you've been handed over from the sales guy over to the account manager or the customer success people. And somebody mentioned this, I think I forget which call it was on. You know, you, you go to bed with the salesperson and you wake up with the account manager. It's like, <laughs> what is that transition going to be like? Cause the sales guy is like, yeah, we'll do that for you. Yeah, we'll do that for you. Yeah, no problem. And then all of a sudden it's like that onboarding has to meet the sales expectations, but also it's a process in that 90 days, but that kickoff call or that onboarding call really sets the tone. So how do you do like a perfect client onboarding? Yeah. So I agree. The onboarding call or the onboarding process is so key. What I recommend to all of our agency partners is even taking it a step before that onboarding call. So during the sales process, that's when you should be talking about the account management team, talking about other people on the team who are going to be taking care of you. So then once the time comes and you say, okay, Taylor's going to be taking it from here. She makes sure that everything in the agency runs smooth. Like she will ensure that you have everything you need from here. By that point, they're not like, wait, where are you going? I'm being handed over because you've already put those nuggets in the sales process to say, look, I'm not going to be the one executing this, but Taylor, your client account manager is going to make sure the team does X, Y, Z. So kind of breadcrumbing it across. And then that handover is super important. So if the agency owner, say they're on a sales call and they jump off the sales call and all they do is they shoot over an email, for example, to the client and me and just say, hey, here's what we talked about. Here's the next steps. Taylor's got it from here. So that I'm the one who can quickly jump in and and then take the reins right from the beginning and just say, you know, hey, Bob, so excited to have you aboard. Let's schedule our onboarding call. And in the meantime, here's some things that I need from you. And then obviously the next day I'm going to be sending updates. The next day after that, I'm going to be sending updates ahead of that call so that the client knows that I'm here. They don't need to go back to the agency owner or the sales team. They like I'm their person and almost training the client to know that I'm their person. They don't have to look anywhere else. Um, and then by giving them information ahead of them asking. I'm gaining their trust. They're realizing that, okay, this girl knows what's going on. Like if I have questions, she's going to find the answer. So just almost like training your client ahead of that onboarding call. And then on the onboarding call, of course, it's it's super exciting. Um, and you have to bring some high energy, of course. But also, like you said, setting those expectations and being honest and and never – over promising, you know, what we talk a lot about at Dot and Company is things to do, but also things not to do. So, you know, give them realistic timelines that are even further out than what you what you think you can deliver so that you can surprise and delight them. And ensuring that on that onboarding call, you give them space to really 
ask questions and to tell them how they want to be communicated because they might say, you know, I don't want weekly phone calls and I just want you to be sending me updates every second day. Well, that's great to know. I'll make sure that I do that. Um, But just giving the client the space to really identify how they want to be communicated with because at the end of the day, they are trusting you and your in your agency, and they're probably spending a lot of money to be there. So, you have to remember that you have to treat them like they are the elite client that they are. So, I have a, a mild challenge to that, Taylor, and and it's interesting because you're the expert here. So, so you tell me if you think I'm wrong. We put an end to certain communication methods. For instance, I refuse to allow my team to join a client Slack channel. Um, and I won't join a client Slack channel because there there were so many issues where the client, oh, I left it in Slack or, you know, and we weren't properly tagged or it was only an employee who was out. There was no way to, you know, um, uh, apply any oversight to it. And then you have clients who are like, oh, will you join my base camp? Oh, and then, you know, clients that want a Facebook message or add you to WhatsApp. or And so what we said is, look, I need a place where I can actually manage this, processize this, if that's a word. So we use email. And we stick to email. Talk to me a little bit about how short-sighted you think I'm being. No, and I I think it's fair. And I think that every agency is so unique. In some instances, I will work in an agency and I will join the client Slack channel because they don't have a volume of clients. So it's more manageable. Whereas Mm -hmm. some agencies have a lot of clients, a lot of moving parts. And in that instance, it's you know the agency wants everything in email or they want everything in Asana or that kind of preference. I think the big thing is once you determine what your agency's preferred communication channels are, is to stick to those, right? So if you have a process that's, we do not join client Slack channels, well, then that's fine. But just make sure that the client understands that you're still going to be communicating them in the cadence that they feel comfortable in your own methods, I guess. So if it's email, but they want, they don't want weekly emails, well, that's cool. Like just know where where you're going to be messaging with them and ensuring that it's in an organized fashion for you because I totally get it things can be flying all over the place and you want to make sure that it's organized and, and systematized um, but I think it just depends on the agency side size. Mm. Ralph, are you in client slacks? Just out of curiosity. No. Okay. Uh, rarely, and, and in some circumstances, I do, but we have a client slack for every individual customer for sure internal uh, we, or is the client allowed in the slack uh yeah so we have a we have an internal slack and then we have an external slack we have two different tier 11 slack thingies i don't, mm. I, I don't know i didn't set it up but anyway you have to go out of it and go into it and there you are so we keep a separation clients are not in our internal so mm. i used to be in all the internal slack channels and now i've basically pause them all because it's just it's crazy (laughs) but on the external side yeah that's our form of communication i mean we have parameters that are set up as far as communication we do exactly what taylor says like what's the cadence you know what do you want like when you have it like set expectations like you know fortunately or unfortunately because we're global we are kind of 24 7 but we're not in most cases so but yeah, the Slack channel for us has been a lifesaver. We want to take everything off email. It's so completely opposite of what you're talking about. And it works really, really well. That's so. so funny, man. I hate Slack. I feel like Slack is where things go to die. If you check a Slack message and then and then move on to another thread and you forgot to like, you know, manage whatever request was in that message, there's no reminder. It doesn't it doesn't live on. There's it just feels really difficult to contend with. And, and maybe that's, a, a, you know, I'm kind of quantity based as an agency is concerned. We charge a lower fee, but I have almost 200 clients. Hmm. Um, so it might, and it also might stem from the fact that we are pretty myopic in terms of scope. Um, yes, Slack for client management just scares. And I hate to go so deep so quick. I know that's not necessarily what we're talking about here, but I think those small well, I think, I nuances. Think it, actually, it actually is, but go, go yeah. ahead. Well, that was it. I think those small nuances really make or break your ability to, to, to manage clients. And you have to, as an agency or you know any business that deals with clients, you have to figure out where is it that we can live in a scalable fashion. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's it comes down to understanding as a team what, you're, what you do, right? So, and communicating that together. We've had client, we've had agencies that have scaled from five to 75 clients in six months and they just lived in email and that worked. Um, 
and they did not join people's Slack. They did not add them to project management softwares. They just kept it right in email and that worked, right? But they set that up from the beginning and said, this is how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Unless unless something needed to be changed, they that's how they, they rolled. So it's it's just a preference, yeah. And you guys just roll with that at Dot and Company, like whatever mode they use, you guys use as because you're in essence the agency. Yep, yep. Yeah. So we come into an agency, and of course, there's some agencies that don't have anything set up. So we're going to bring in our best practices. But sometimes agencies already have really amazing systems and processes in place, and we jump in, we learn it, and then we can help optimize it from there. So we wear this hat of how can I make this experience better. So, of course, we're always going to be making suggestions and saying, hey, someone else from the DOT team suggested we try this. Like, do you want to give this a go? And we can kind of play around and optimize things from there. But every agency is so unique, right, of their clientele, their their scope, their where they live, what systems they use. So it's it's kind of that balance of coming in and, and being able to learn what they already use, but then helping them optimize it to, to allow for scale within the agency. Hey, it's Kasim here, and I have a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your website? Now, I know that sounds crazy, but seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully target your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. That means you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and then safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. I've personally met the CEO, Adam Robinson, and the guy is absolutely brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for PT listeners. If you are an e-commerce brand that's doing over a million in annual revenue and you've gone through their easy 30-minute onboarding process, If you don't 5X your investment within the first six months, they will give you all of your money back. To take advantage of this offer, go to getemails.com forward slash scalable. That's getemails.com forward slash scalable. Hey, PT listeners, when's the last time your business published on its blog? If the answer is that's way too long for me to remember... I want you to listen up because our friends at BKA Content have a new service where they'll deliver fresh blogs to your inbox and all you have to do is just post them on your site. Now, these articles are all originally written just for your business. They're not generic articles that are just copy and pasted or thrown into some AI software or written by a VA. No, these are professional writers who are going to sit down and write articles just for your business. We've used them in the past, and they're absolutely fabulous. Now, if you want an extra reason to go try them yourself, BK is giving PT listeners half off their first month. Just go to bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual to get started. That's bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. So what do you think that the key is to really happy customers? I know you have this thing called the daily pulse, but like if you could boil it down to one thing, I'm a struggling agency owner. I've got, you know, a couple of customers, I'm doing it all myself. Like how can I optimize the customer experience with maybe one of your tips and tricks. And then kind of the next level of that is how do you get an agency owner to finally say, all right, now is the time I've got to make a clean break and maybe hire somebody like you or, you know, make the break and try and find somebody on our own. Yeah. So I would say that happy clients always comes down to the feeling that you want to get. So we've all been to a business before where we were super pumped and we had not a great experience, right? I think we all have had that happen. So my method is always that clients deserve to have really good experiences. So everything from how you communicate to how you make them feel, right? So, you know, ahead of this podcast, getting cookies in the mail, like that probably made you excited. So how does that, you know, relay into how we 
communicate ongoing. And so, for example, we have this thing that we've coined at Dot & Company called the Daily Pulse, like you said, Ralph. And this really stemmed from the belief that we need to be proactive in order to have a really good experience. So we don't want a client three days into the experience to be emailing us saying, hey, where are we at with the project? Oh, my, mm. my, my stomach drops, right? When I think of that, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I should have been updating that client every single day. So that's where the daily pulse comes in. And it's really more so a mindset of you should be communicating. And it doesn't have to be these lengthy emails or calls. It's just quick pulses every day or every second day, just ensuring that clients know that you're there. And clients should feel like they're the only client that you have in your agency. And in order to do that, you need to give them updates and an experience that they probably weren't even expecting. So something that we have done is we have this massive document at DOT called the Daily Pulse. And they're just quick email examples, or you can use it in Slack, you can use it in your project management software, whatever method you're using to communicate. But they're just quick updates. So maybe it's hey, Ralph, got your onboarding documents. We're on it. More to come. Or, hey, Ralph, your ads aren't live yet. Here's why. Here's the next steps. I'll send you an update tomorrow. Or, hey, Ralph, um, I see that the CPA has gone really low this month. That's awesome. Or, you know, something like that, that is really just going above and beyond to be proactive to communicate with your clients so that they feel the love, right? They feel that Taylor really, does she have another client? I don't know because she's just all over me. She loves me. So just giving them that really just proactive experience. And then you can, you know, pepper in some other things like sending small gifts or my favorite is like a Starbucks e-card. And we're, most of us work remotely. Like, why don't you just send a $10 Starbucks card and say, Hey, sorry, I couldn't meet you for coffee in real life, but I hope you can grab something on me. You know, that's just something cool to open up your email inbox to, you know, like just little things Mm. that go a long way that make them feel really good and make them feel that you care. And I think that lacks a lot in our world nowadays of that human experience and just showing that like, you know, I actually really like you and I value your, your business. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, everyone wants to feel, you know, like they're being paid attention to. I mean, I think every customer, I mean, for us, it's like sometimes it's like I, I don't want to talk to you in, until every two weeks. Just send me the weekly report. And some are like, I need an hourly update. I mean, it, it just runs the gamut. But the common thread is that they always want to know what's going on, even if things aren't. I always like the proactive element is a huge one. If any agency owner is listening to this and they are not proactive, especially with bad news, Mm. the quicker you can get the bad news, like fall on the sword. Hey, you know, CPAs were way up today. There was some strange thing going on in the algorithm, more info tomorrow. Right. That prevents, uh, that prevents 17 Slack messages just by being proactive. So like that's one of the things that we really drill into customer success at tier 11 and probably the same thing that you guys do as well is like being proactive saves you time. It might look like, oh, I got to do this first and it's extra work. It's not actually extra work. You're mm-hmm. saving yourself hours of work and frustration and pain. And oh, by the way, the side benefit is the customer feels like they're, they're actually, these guys actually care and they're on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Exactly. One of the questions I really have here is, and we struggled with this, I think, when we first started hiring customer success managers, um, and then we shifted our model a bit, was how technical, like from an expertise standpoint, do you need to be? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you've run Facebook ads. You're, you probably don't know as much about Google as, you know, a genius boy here. Um, you know, and you probably don't know a whole lot about, like, the in-depth, you know, science of backlinking and SEO, like where is that balance? And then I think it leads into the question of where you find a lot of your people, which I know Kasim wanted to ask as well, but I'm more interested in that. Like, where is that balance? Is it just more important to have people that have good emotional IQ can be able to read the room versus like somebody who's super technical or is maybe super technical, not an asset? Like what's your theory on that? And where do you think that balance is? So how we approach it is 
all of our team members that we hire are marketers first. So they all come with different backgrounds and experiences, some from, you know, SEO or branding or all these different backgrounds, but we're all marketers. And I think that is a huge piece because if you are, if you understand the fundamentals of customers, acquiring customers, whether it's paid traffic, organic, you understand what sales funnels are, you understand what the customer lifetime value is, all these things that really go into being a good marketer. And then we hire based on all these other skills that we can get into, but being able to understand marketing, understand what your customer's goals are, you can learn the rest when you're working in an agency. You can learn, you know, what the KPIs are for Facebook versus Google and how the funnels work and what the ads look like and and how things kind of piece together and how they all come together. I think a strong technical understanding is important to communicate to clients and to ensure that clients feel like you know what you're talking about. But in terms of how technical, we're not the ones running the ads. So I think it's okay sometimes to say, you know, I'm going to chat with the media team and get those specific details for you. But overall, things are looking really good. Or overall, here's what we're doing to get you to your goal of X. So our team members are, you know, technical enough. But also one of the skills that we hire for is, are you able to just figure it out? Are you someone who doesn't need to be handheld to go Google something or to go take an extra course because you're going to be working in an SEO agency soon, like you probably should brush up. So those are the types of people that we're we're looking for um, who can kind of take their knowledge and then amplify it for the agency they're working in. Awesome. My big question is (laughs) the hardest question, which is how on earth do you find these people? Like this feels like a that's constant the question. Unicorn hunt. I you know, know. I mean, it's unicorn hunting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is hard, and I will be perfectly honest with you. It's um, we are looking for a unicorn, and so it ta- it's taken us years to really perfect our system. And even you know, some days people come through our system, we're like, you know, this isn't the right fit. But we have really identified this specific type of person that we're looking for. And it it's a mix of technical skills and experience, but also soft skills because we're, you know, we could hire a lot of different account managers, but we're looking for an account manager that has our quote dot vibes that we need to make sure all of our team members have. So our process, you know, we post on job sites, we have ads running, we, um, filter people through our funnel of hiring. So we have a very lengthy um, hiring process that includes assessments, video assessments, um, interviews, entire training programs that we've put together. Yeah, you name it, we put them through it. And by the time they get to me in the hiring process, they've already been, you know, went through our application process. They've been vetted. They've been trained. So by the time I'm chatting with them, you know, they're a really strong candidate. But yeah, it, it's a really hard role to find. And that's why we have a team dedicated just to hiring at Dot & Company because it's it's what we do, right? It's the bread and butter of, of what we do. We have to find really, really good people. And we will we just don't scale fast enough that we're not getting really good people in our system. You know, I always have been a big believer in quality over quantity. So we, you know, we grow slow based on the amazing people that we can find. But yeah, it's, it's hard, but we've, we've, I feel like we've cracked the code. Um, So yeah. But having a base level understanding of digital marketing is, is key. And that's a, that's like, you have to have that. And then you're looking for this, 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 like adding on to it. Exactly. Yeah. There's so many people from a completely different industry just because they were a customer service rep for, you know, I don't know, like Wayfair or whatever, not to, you know, change them. But the point is like, they need to have that DM background. Yeah. Yep. And that is, that's baseline. So do you have marketing experience? Do you have digital marketing experience? Okay. Now let's talk. You know, we could train somebody to be digital marketers, but it's just not, that's not what we're in the business of. We're in the business of having amazing digital marketing people who 
you know, want to talk to clients. And some of our team members used to be really amazing media buyers and they didn't want to run the ads anymore. They just want to talk to clients. And those are kind of our strongest candidates or people who used to be in the seat of running ads. And now they're, they're just amazing communicators. Yeah. I feel like you have to protect those people too. When I first started growing our agency, we were obsessed with customer success and happiness, obviously, right? Like I think all good agency owners are, but somewhere along the line, we also had to kind of become obsessed with employee happiness because those people are so hard to find. And when you find a good one, I mean, one bad apple can, can spoil the whole bunch as they say. How do you manage that, Taylor? It's it's probably harder for you than it would be for me because I can really just fire a client. And we've done it before. If a client, client you know, curses or is abusive to one of our staff members, they're done. It's over. No second chances. Um, it doesn't happen often, but it, it happens. Sure. You're in a position where you're like one standard deviation removed from that decision. So, you know, how do you, how do you balance that? What do you do? Yeah. So the agencies that we do work with, we're very, you know, particular of who we work with. And I do that to protect my team. Like you said, right. I want to make sure that my client account managers love the agencies they're working in. And then, you know, by finding really good agencies to partner with, then we kind of help alleviate some of those issues that could come up. So the agencies that we work with are also in the same mindset of, like you just explained, if they have nasty clients, they're usually like, I need to protect my team. Like this isn't happening. So it's kind of, you know, we try and attract those types of agencies who are going to protect our team. But at the end of the day, it's going to happen. There's going to be bad apples come through. So we, you know, our culture at DOT is pretty strong and we have team members who can help support, you know, if you have a bad day and you had a really bad client, like, let's talk about it. Let's figure out, you know, what's going on. I want to help you sort through this. And it's one step removed from the agency, which is nice. And it's just nice for us as client account managers who are, you know, on the front lines per se of talking to clients, we're all doing the same thing. So, you know, if we have a bad day, we can just chat with someone else on our team and be like, you know what, you're right. This It's all good. Like I handled this really well and on to the next. So I think, yeah, there's so many layers, um, but we really try and attract really amazing agencies into our world and have you know, that strong culture that allows our team to just feel really supported. Do you feel that, you know, a client success manager, client advocate can obviously has that digital marketing background, has the EIQ, loves to be able to, loves the communication aspect of interacting with clients. What I've also found is another thing that makes somebody really, really good at this job is a slightly higher level understanding of business where it's like, I'll take a 30,000 foot view of what you're doing and I'll even back channel that. So it's almost like two questions mm. here. It's like the back channel, like, hey, you know, nobody's on this message. Tell me how we're doing. You know, how's things going in the business? Like, tell me how things are going. Like, you know, and then being able to engage in a business conversation. And that's usually if that escalates, that's when I get involved in our customers because it's like it becomes a business issue. And then I can talk mm -hmm. to them CEO to CEO. But I've found that our customer success managers who have that higher level of business and some of them run their businesses themselves, like they get it from a higher level. Like that makes an extraordinary customer success person. Have you found that or do you try to get that or is that just so rare? What's your, yeah. what's your thoughts? I think it's obviously in our hiring process, we look for people who really get the business world and who understand why businesses are spending money on marketing. So, you know, that's kind of in our hiring process, of course. But I think the big thing for us is as a client account manager, you're looking for clues every day, right? So when you're chatting with a client and you're saying, how are, how are the Facebook ads going? Like, is this, you, I see you're generating a lot of leads. Is your team busy? Like, how are things going? And if they're starting to drop clues, like, oh, we're not converting any, or, oh, I don't know, like this happened and then this happened and just things aren't looking good, or we had to fire somebody else on the team and things aren't looking good. Like, I'm, I'm looking for these clues. So then I can escalate things to the agency owner or the CEO or COO if things aren't looking good. So for example, if, I had a client who wasn't happy with something and 
he said to me, oh, I'm just going to get my team to do this instead. And so I was like, oh, clue. That's They're not happy. Like mm. this isn't something I necessarily did. They're just not happy with the script that we wrote. Okay, that's when I went to the COO and said, hey, just want to give you a heads up. This was just a flag. I'm dealing with it. Nothing to be concerned of. But if you want to talk to him about it, like high level relation, you know, then that's cool. I just wanted to give you a heads up. So little things like that, that I'm just kind of noting on a day-to-day basis, just in case, you know, high level business things that are important to the agency. Yeah, that's, that's super good. I mean, asking those kinds of questions, they might not be able to solve it as the customer advocate, but they can certainly escalate it, which is so vital. And in in our case, we look like uh, our our pod leaders have sort of become the de facto sort of customer success people. And they look for opportunities to, (laughs) I mean, I hate to say it, but there's opportunity within a problem. It's like, all right, well, I'm getting all these leads, but you know, I can't like my sales guy just left or, you know, two or three of my guys in my sales floor, you know, left for this week. And so now I'm backlogged or, you know, my thank you page, you know, my, uh, after my one-time upsell isn't really converting, we'll listen for that. And then in some cases say, all right, well, we have something that went, it's an additional paid service or it's something that we can maybe consult with you on, on like your sales funnel. Cause our sales guys are like amazing. So stuff like that. But the ones that dig a little bit deeper are the ones that really make the huge difference and like notice those really subtle things and then elevate it to that next level or identify, you know, some cases a selling opportunity for our internal sales team. So but having that ear, I think, is so vital. Yeah. And I think it comes back to us being a key part of the agency. In order for us to be successful in things like finding opportunities, helping pass things to the sales team, et cetera, we need to be a part of the team. We need to know what's going on. We need to know what the full picture of the, the agency is. So then we have that hat that we're wearing when we're working inside the agency to say, hey, like, I think this client might need copywriting. Do you want to reach out? I can, you know, to the salesperson, I can send an intro, like just in case, just things like that, that just help you pick up on clues that are left. Yeah, no, that's killer. Well, this has been uh, amazing. Uh, I, I just think that any agency owner that's listening to this is going to be like, oh my God, uh, there is a potential solution for me. And I think, you know, you've really been able to figure this out in a really intuitive way and also systematize it with a high level of quality. It's great to, you know, hear like your hiring process, how unique that is and training and everything else that goes along with it. Where can people get in touch with you? Where's the best way to contact you directly or connect with you online? Yeah. So we are over at dotandcompany.co. So D-O-T and company.co um, across Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. And my email is taylor at dotandcompany.co. So feel free to reach out. Happy to chat with any agency owners and just help you identify you know, how you can get out of the day-to-day and start to scale and bring on more clients. Happy to just have a conversation and, and help you through that. Yeah, awesome. I have a feeling your uh, your your email box will get a few <laughs> inquiries here. But no, this has been great, uh, and uh, we'll leave all the links and resources here in the show notes. We didn't mention that many, but obviously uh, Taylor's contact information, how you can get in touch with her. This has been the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. Great to have you on, and finally we connected here. Taylor, uh, for everyone who does want uh, the uh, resources and, and stuff that we mentioned here on the show, head on over to perpetualtraffic.com and you can get all those goodies there. Thank you so much for coming on for my awesome co-host and genius co-host, I should say. Am I beating that just like totally to a, a No, that just needs to be continued. Just continuously continue repeated. Continuously yeah. repeated. Beaten like a dead horse all the way through. Kasa uh, yeah. Aslam. Uh, we'll see you next week. See ya. Peace. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic 